With hybrid cloud that direction enterprises in Asia are taking, issues around security rise above the discussion as organizations mix and match on-premises, public, and private IT operations in a bid to find the sweet spot for their computing needs. On another topic, an Accenture study revealed a direct correlation between high performance and becoming what we call a data-driven enterprise, a company that can use the cloud as a catalyst for maximizing the value of data and treating it as an asset differentiated by its completeness and quality. In this podcast for Future CIO, we speak to Sriram Narayanan, Principal Consultant for Security and ThoughtWorks Southeast Asia, on his views around securing the cloud of a data-driven enterprise. Sriram, welcome to Podcasts for Future. CIO. Thank you, Alan. What are some of the biggest security mistakes businesses today make that expose and exacerbate the vulnerabilities of cloud, especially amidst them, this migration that we are seeing from on-prem to a hybrid cloud environment? Thank you, Alan. That is like one of the top questions in everyone's mind. Are we making any mistake? Is there something that we did not think of? In our observation and experiences, when we talk to clients and we help them with this sort of a transition, we do see that there are some lessons they still need to learn. And then that some very pleasant realizations that they need to have and some old things that they need to let go of. So in no particular order, the problems are um, one of which would be not leveraging the cloud native capabilities. I'm not talking about just talking, you know, using microservices. I'm talking about not having understood the benefits that elasticity of services bring to them, the ability to scale up and scale down, the ability for a cloud provider to say, yes, their server failed and the VM disappeared, but they made your virtual machine appear again in five minutes, correct? Organizations fail to understand that these things can happen, but that they have the opportunity to use automation to recover very fast. So where earlier, you know, a virtual virtual machine would disappear and people start a huge root cause analysis, they now no longer need to. That root cause analysis is something proper will do, but they have the opportunity to leverage automation to recover fast when the cloud provider gives them that opportunity. So this is a very big thing that many IT organizations have not come to understand yet, or rather, may I say, have not come to realize yet. Then there are many other interesting features such as, uh, you know, the network capabilities, the security features and the support that all cloud providers provide. There is still the tendency to, you know, stick a firewall in front of various virtual machines on the cloud. What many IT and security teams need to understand is now the firewall capabilities are part of the network fabric. So this is a huge realization they have to go to. And once they do it, they'll be able to leverage it in very good ways. So this is a second thing, right, of not leveraging cloud native capabilities. The third is in the area of observability. So there are a lot of observability conferences going on now where everyone talks only about logging, monitoring and alerting. But observability is also about behavior. There are now tools uh, and we are not just talking about you know the likes of Dynatrace and New Relic. There are a lot of tools and a lot of uh, operating system and kernel capabilities where you should be able to trace a request all the way from the user to the database and back across services right and in-depth into the stack and backup. So there are a lot of such interesting capabilities that are being surfaced. So cloud native capabilities are more than just microservices. Another interesting problem is not leveraging the OPEX model and remaining constrained by the CAPEX model. Once you realize that a virtual machine is available for rent, it is just some compute capacity where you can increase capacity for five hours a day and shut it off and let go of it, right? Maybe once or twice a month. This is a big change from how people used to do capacity planning exercises 
for six months at a time. You no longer need to do things like that. Also pulling in a lot of on-premise management, especially when you have a hybrid model and you still need to do a few things on-premise. Taking a lot of those capabilities and forcing them into the cloud area. For example, you know, IP address uh, management and tracking. In the cloud model, you know, where, where as for the shared responsibility model by cloud providers, they have the right to tell you that due to hardware failure, a computer or a service may disappear and then reappear after some time, accessible only by DNS name. So you're not going to have any IP address management. There are many who do not realize that, you know, they have to let go of certain on-premise or even hybrid model thoughts and leverage the cloud capabilities for it, what it provides, right? So I would say these are some very important things because once you come to terms with concepts like this, your mindset towards security also changes. You realize that your safeguards are not at an IP address level, but at a domain level. Your safeguards are not in the static firewalls, but in the dynamic, you know, firewall rules and policies that the cloud providers expose. You realize that leveraging the cloud features can be great, but it can also be a disaster where if you have not done the right sort of data classification in the event of, say, some sort of a break in the cloud, you might put out, you know, data that is actually classified as confidential in your organization. You might put it on the cloud and, you know, it, it got leaked. It could have got leaked because of some defects in their software. It got leaked because of hypervisor exploits where someone breaks from one VM and goes into the other. These are things that have happened and it is wise to assume that they may happen again. Organizations get a little bit too stuck with, you know, are they using the cloud correctly or not? And in all of that, they swing to one extreme where they either they go and put everything onto the cloud because they have got fed up with their on-premise or they put almost nothing on the cloud because they don't trust it at all. So you are going to have to educate yourself, understand what capabilities does it provide and, uh, you know, use it accordingly. It's like a very high quality chef knife. If you know how to wield a knife, you can chop food very well or you could end up chopping your finger. What strategies can businesses employ to ensure that their data in the cloud is accessible across different departments to drive organizational efficiencies, but kept thoroughly out of reach of unauthorized personnel? When people ask this question, I really enjoy giving them an answer on this because I enjoy seeing the aha moments, you know, uh, that they go through. For a lot of people, data has traditionally meant a database. At a secondary level, it has meant, you know, files that you dump into a file system for import and export via bad jobs, right? For many people, that's what data has meant. And as people migrate from a two-tier to a multi-tier architecture, that is where earlier, you know, the, the database holds the whole organization's business and all applications make contact with that database right uh, that's the era of you know doing the best with an ERD diagram right with, with ER diagrams when you transition away from that and every application starts owning its own database people think hey maybe I don't have to access a database directly I'll just access it via API when you move to the cloud and indeed it's not so much the cloud but modern patterns like understanding how to actually leverage a data mesh when you use these modern thoughts approaches and newer tools nowadays you would realize with the right research that if you expect expose data from a domain point of view, whether that domain data is exposed by, you know, let's say as a stream or via API. Once you're able to expose data from a domain or a point of view, everyone will start consuming that data also from a domain point of view and further go on to form their own hybrids, a mishmash of data from various parts to come up and present something more unique. This is somewhat like, let's say the database view that many views that many of us are familiar with, but it actually goes on to be more than that. So where people used to 
thing let's just take all the data that we can get and you know just dump it into a data lake and then make access available from it what we are talking about now goes beyond that so where people used to access each other's database directly and read and write and cause domain issues people said no no it does look to be bad let's start moving to a, a data lake a data lake is great because a data lake now gives you read only access to a whole lot of data so far so good but the consumers of the data are now constrained by the quality of the data being put in the periodicity of the data being put into that lake and how exactly the architect chooses to expose and make available that data so there can be data qualities there would be a uh, timeliness issues as well as insufficiency issues right all three are possible problems imagine instead that various teams could curate and make available their data where even a data lake is just one node among many making data available the cloud especially because of you know services on demand and, and elasticity and scaling and ability to clone and replicate cloud providers facilitate this even more you can do all of this on premise but i'm just talking about the cloud as well because you know you know people do put data on the cloud now when you have the ability to scale up and down as you need you have the opportunity to understand domain driven design better to understand how to make data available no longer just as a database table but also as a data stream where you know various consumers can for their purposes travel back in time and see how that data evolved and they can either consume it directly or they can in turn republish it with certain annotations of their own right so you end up with domain a and domain b together being brought together and exposed as domain c you now have that ability and you're no longer constrained by just what the data lake architect at that time had thought would have sufficed when an organization thinks through this way and leverages such sorts of strategies they are going to be able to make all the data very very accessible this is where the topic of security usually comes in and because i am an accredited it auditor i i do pay a lot of attention to this space so just for everyone security need not be the villain it, it it's just not the villain at all it's just a matter of risk and governance so from a risk and governance point of view there's just authentication authorization and access control you know th that's about it there are other things like confidentiality integrity and availability but let's leave that aside but if someone were to think in terms of the triple a and also maybe confidentiality if you were to think of these aspects you can weave in security as part of making the data exposed you can weave in security in terms of who can read what data when and where and there are enough security policies that can travel across the systems and make sure that this is available so it is a matter of figuring out the right data exposure strategy in terms of just data as well as the data exposure strategy in terms of who gets access to what so with a good combination of this very very good things are possible and indeed many corporates are doing this nowadays you introduce some aspects uh, that would the, these new aspects require some sort of skill upskilling or relearning of technologies for people to actually take advantage of these being approached by various product representatives and their sales representatives and being given you know trial runs and demos and proof of concept is just a part of life now so there is often a feeling in many people's mind from from an enterprise it point of view that if you must solve a problem surely there must be a tool to do it to which you know you could delegate the responsibility and therefore surely we must carve out a budget and therefore the budget must cover not just the tools installation and annual maintenance but our own training as well 
So these are very natural thoughts, right? The more people get exposed to tooling. The reality, however, is this, you need not necessarily acquire a new tool in order to do this. Exposing data, thinking data governance through and deciding how people are going to access data is a matter of architecture. It's a matter of application design. It is a matter of uh, pulling the security people in as first class advisors from day zero, having them in and thinking all sorts of matters through. I'm not going to give a very you know qualified answer here, but I will just say that there is often a chance that an organization may actually have everything in all the required tooling and technologies in place already. The training, if any, might be more in terms of going through a POC and figuring out what new mindsets people need to have. What kind of control do they need to retain and let go of? For example, just though we are talking about data, when I talk to clients about moving to the cloud and when I explain to them how to move from the CapEx to the OpEx model, what I explain to them is I say, you are all worried about, you know, runaway infrastructure, right? Some Someone just spins up like 20, 60 virtual machines a day and walks off. Let us acknowledge that happens. But cloud providers also provide you the concept of a budget. So prescribe a budget to a team and tell them that these are pre-baked VMs. Spin up and shut down as many VMs as you want within this budget. So suddenly, you know, if, if the team start to ex exceed that, there are alarms being fired already. Same way with a lot of uh, technologies, you need to have this kind of mindset now. What do you still want to control? And what can you afford to let go of? Or where can you shift your governance focus? So it's not necessary that you always must buy a tool. And in fact, I, I had mentioned data mesh a little while ago. If you read uh, my colleague Zamat Dehgani's two articles on data mesh, and if you read it and you understand it, she's only talking about the mindset and the architecture and the attitudes and the approaches. She's not prescribing a single new software. This often comes as a shock to many people. You know, they go out in the market and say, is there a data mesh platform? There is no need of a data mesh platform because a data mesh is an approach and it also requires the right mindset. So once you're able to do things like this, you'll realize you can often make do with what you have and then add on if at all you need. And only for that, you need fresh training. But mindset, you can go, you know, you can get in consultants like us. We will give you some five day coaching or whatever. But mindset really comes from thinking this through and uh, letting go of control and even changing the focus of uh, governance. See, this is similar to once upon a time, there were many companies who used to sell disaster recovery, you know, and there were IT teams who used to have plans about let us buy DR, right? And, and I've been part of such discussions where I, I had to ask people, let's say there's a salesman at the door and he says, hello, sir, I got a briefcase. It's full of brochures on DR. I'm going to give you five different DR products to choose from. What are you going to buy? So after we reasoned it out at the whiteboard, we all realized that disaster recovery is actually an outcome, okay, which is uh, you should have recovered upon a disaster. So you don't buy DR, you engineer for DR. So same way, when you now have the cloud and they give you regional and global replication and so many things, which was not possible always in the on-premise world, you don't necessarily have to buy a new tool. You have to merely think things through, look at the outcomes that you need to arrive at, and then engineer for those outcomes. Speaking of tools or solutions, what other data-driven solutions should businesses invest in to ensure a sustainable but secure data-driven enterprise? 
very interesting questions so just after we you know we've discussed that you don't necessarily need a tool we still must discuss tools let us clarify to everyone why this is still a relevant question even though i had just said oh you may not necessarily need a tool the reason we must discuss this question is this once a business desi- decides to transact with customers it has to start maintaining records so where you had physical account books i'm an accountant by the way so where you once had to you know record in accounting books you then you take it into software so now as per regulatory officers that software database is your business that has recognized and recorded transactions okay so far so good here's a problem for it teams they have had to keep catering to new and new workflows over the years right but the business data that just keeps going over there suddenly when you say oh now you know we need to make a lot of data accessible to people and we must not be blockers in their way and we've got the cloud now and there might even be a hybrid model so the traditional approaches of how we used to exchange data between departments which is you know one database you take a database dump from it you know and give it out as a batch export someone else imports it and with all that time lags and everything that is no longer a valid approach to take and that is no longer a necessary approach to stick to anymore so in terms of tools i would say that organizations need to think not just in terms of tools but also the architectures that leverage connectivity and therefore they will have to start thinking in terms of publishing data via api publishing data via queues publishing data via data streams right there are kafka is not just the only data stream there are many other apache products and many other things that exist so organizations must start to think in terms of what capabilities exist out there and which of those capabilities should they now harness to make this data available especially with security baked in as well as layered atop it so it's no longer just a database for example you know some database may say oh i can expose my data as api sorry don't fall into that trap understand what quality of api you need understand whether you have the ability to amend that api is required and then start talking about api gateways message queues and data streams so i would say organizations need to investigate tools in at least these three spaces shriram thank you for joining us on podchats for future cio Thank you very much. I wish all the audience a good day. That was Shriram Narayanan, Principal Consultant for Security at ThoughtWorks Southeast Asia on the topic of securing the cloud of a data-driven enterprise. You are listening in the podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.